Next up, we are flying to the far bitter north on the, the Careering Out of Control podcast as I speak to that rarest of beasts, the Microsoft MVP. And today I'm talking to Peter Rising. Peter is a uh, principal consultant at SoftCat. He comes from a Microsoft 365 and Office 365 background and recently has been working more around uh, security and compliance. He's a genuinely lovely fellow and uh, unfortunately has dreams about going back to school and being, I think, naked in his dreams. I hope you enjoy and listen to this. Uh, here is Careering Out of Control. I am delighted to be joined by Peter Rising, uh, Microsoft MVP, uh, and all around, all around absolutely fantastic guy uh, to the Careering Out of Control podcast. Uh, Peter, thank you so much for joining. Uh, how has uh, 2021 been treating you so far? Hi, Will. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, 2021 is uh, not too bad so far, thank you. We're in lockdown life. Uh, my my family and I, my wife and my two boys, homeschooling. We're, I'm easing back into work uh, slowly and surely. Uh, two weeks completed now. So uh, getting into it, getting into it. Thank you. Excellent. And are you are you a bit like me in that, you know, your 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 world seems to be just absolutely crazy busy? Uh, I'm being pulled in about 20 million directions with, you know, my maths homework isn't working and my Zoom call isn't working and and everything else isn't working. Completely, completely the case. Yeah, my, my, my eldest son, George, has been doing Google Classroom lessons for the past week or so now. And uh, it's actually changed things for the better for him. But but getting the technology going, getting it going on his iPad and uh, understanding how to turn in live lessons. There has been lots of questions and uh yeah, absolutely. And trying to do work calls because I, as a consultant, I, I go on lots of calls and just trying to do that in a small three bedroom house where we're all crammed in and there's nowhere to go. It, it could be yeah. very challenging. I think it was easier last year because the weather, I think we went into the first lockdown and the weather was starting to get that little bit better. Um, whereas now, like, I'm actually phys- forcing myself to go outside. Because because the biting wind and, and, and storm Christoph that's just that's just been hitting the UK, uh, it, it all seems just that little bit more challenging. I don't know. Yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, in the, these these dark days before and after Christmas, um, well, we're nearly through January now, though, which is good. Mm. Fe- February's a short March, and then uh, March our clocks go forward, and we'll be heading in the right direction. We'll get some lovely light nights back, and uh, that 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 always improves the mood for me. Um, p- pandemic, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So for those people who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about um, who you are. Okay. Well, um, as you've already mentioned, my name is Peter Rising. I'm a, a Microsoft 365 consultant, a senior technical consultant with a company called Softcat PLC. I've been in IT for about 25 years um, in a mix of in-house IT management and, and more recently consultancy roles. Um, sort of, I'm based in the northeast of England, and I've worked most of my career in uh, in, in businesses, either IT solutions providers or, or or private manufacturing companies, that sort of thing, as in-house IT. Uh, bounce back between those sort of uh, roles over my career. Okay, um, and you uh, recently become a Microsoft MVP. Uh, uh, is, is that that's correct? Correct. Yes, I was awarded uh, the MVP in uh, in October of 2020. Wow. Uh, so, so it's still it's still sort of rough, or, or should I say, sharp around the edges, and you know, it's it's not gathered dust on your 
on your uh, your shelf yet <laughs> no it's 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 still very new and exciting it still feels very surreal i still quite can't believe that i that i received the award i'm i'm still very overwhelmed by it and finding my feet with it when you when you get awarded the mvp award i mean the the, the very kind mvp community who are really amazing people and generous with their time they all said just try and ease into it in your first six months it'll take you that long to, to figure it out and that is so true there's, there's a lot of information that comes your way um and it's it's quite hard to assimilate it but it's absolutely brilliant one of the best things i've ever done i'm so so grateful for the experience fantastic and are you used to all the admiring glances that the ladies are giving you at the moment <laughs> the ladies. um <laughs> well in your house given that you're in lockdown yeah, yeah you know I yes know. <laughs> there's, uh, there's there's only one lady my good lady wife louise yes absolutely <laughs> lovely <laughs> so um uh you're working at soft cat at the moment and i've always thought you know of, of all the of all the the names for a company, you know, soft cat, hard dog, who knows? Um, what? Um, how did you actually get there? Because you've mentioned some of the other companies that you worked for previously. So, but what was the sort of the the path that you took to end up end up where you are? Okay, well, um, let, let's go right back to the beginning. And uh, when I left school at the age of fifteen, I was never somebody who was particularly academically minded or enjoyed school. I didn't do very well in my exams. I didn't try to do very well in my exams. And I left school as soon as I could at 15. And I got a job as a, as a retail assistant working in John Lewis, the department store in Newcastle, uh, selling Sony Walkmans way back in 1988, showing my age here. And then, oh, good times. Um, good times. yeah, absolutely brilliant. They, they, were, they were brilliant, those Sony Walkmans. But um, so over the next sort of decade or so, I sort of didn't really have any real direction, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I was just happily plodding along in a way. And I, I ended up working for a law firm as an office junior, doing all the jobs that nobody else wants to do. I was doing the photocopying, the shredding. I was um, cleaning up the doorstep from the pub the night before. There were awful things like that. Everything no one else wanted to do. So, um, But this was around the mid-90s where... IT was just starting to kick in in businesses, and, and our firm was no exception. Instead of the typewriters that the legal secretaries had been using for years, those brother typewriters, word processors started to appear. Um, and then after that, shortly after that, PCs with Windows 3.1 and, and Windows 95 started to appear. And the, the company uh, hired an IT manager, and it just took off. It absolutely took off. And I was fortunate enough at that point, I'd been promoted from office junior to the lofty heights of filing clerk. So I was trundling through Newcastle upon time with a trolley, taking the files from the office to the storage. And um, I loved that job, actually. It was great, but <laughs> not particularly a, a career um, highlight. But um, but the IT manager, um, she was starting to get quite swamped and, and needed a bit of help because it was just getting busy and more and more kit was coming in and, it, and more reliance was being placed on it. And she said to me, would you like to help me out with this? Would you like to, I can train you up and learn this and become my assistant? And sure, absolutely. That, that sounded great to me. I mean, I, I'd been working for a, a good six or seven years at that point and hadn't really got anywhere, didn't really know what I wanted to do long term. So I thought, why not? Why not indeed? And I took it on and just took to it like a duck to water. And, and, and from that, it really just progressed. I uh, I realized that I enjoyed it um, and I wanted to, this is what I wanted to do for a living. And I jumped around working for a few businesses after that, manufacturing companies, um, some smaller solutions providers in the Northeast of England, which got me to cut my teeth working with, with, with real IT professionals, if you like, rather than in high side mm. IT departments. Um, and then 
I found myself working for a manufacturing company um, from 2008 until 2014. Really great company, Oasis Floral Products. They're the um, they're a worldwide company who manufacture the, the green foam that you get at the bottom of your floral arrangements. And I was there uh, in-house IT, UK IT manager and uh, technical support, infrastructure support for, for their worldwide locations, 25 locations. And it was absolutely brilliant. Um, Coming to 2014, uh, we, we've done a lot of projects in that role, but the, the, the last one that I did in that role was deploy Office 365 uh, to replace on-premises exchange servers, get rid of all the, all, all that old, old on-premises mail systems um, in favor of moving to the cloud. Uh, and that was brilliant. I, I really thought, this is, this is great. I, I, I can see me really enjoying working with cloud technologies. It's a lot less stressful than um, waiting for servers to reboot or crossing your fingers and praying to the reboot gods, please come back up, don't blue screen on me, all that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so it was fantastic. But shortly after that, and this was awful at the time, I was made redundant from that job. It was a role that I never would have left of my own accord it was it was easy it was great the people were great it was a, a lovely um family field of the business even though it was a worldwide company i never would have gone on my own accord but it was probably in ret retrospect the best thing that ever happened to me because um it forced me to to move forwards and i was really fortunate at the time that i was able to reach out to um a great guy in the northeast called peter joinson who i'd worked with previously a few years earlier when i'd worked at another company called tsg and, and he just sort of branched out on his own and set up his own born in the cloud microsoft 365 only practice in in newcastle gate said uh and i reached out to him and said look peter i'm in a bit of a spot here i've been made redundant you actually you've started this up have you got anything anything going and um he said yeah sure come and have a talk with us and um the interview was, um, <laughs> it was an unconventional interview. We ended up having more of a chat, really, and the jury's in on the quayside of Newcastle. Newcastle That's always the best way to do so. you know I, mean? I think, I think the, be the best interviews are the ones where you just sort of end up having a chat. Exactly. Frequently in a, in, in a weird place. Exactly. And I've had a few of those in my time, actually. The one for Oasis Flora Products, actually, uh, that was in a Chinese restaurant, would you believe? So, okay. Um, so, so, yeah, but, but, but moving back to... To, to Synergy IT is, uh, and they're still going. Great, great company. They're, they're doing really, really well, which is nice to see. And um, this was at the time. It was, it was really the crest of a, of a wave. I was lucky in that this was sort of early 2014, and things were just starting to take off with Office 365. This is when people were starting to notice it. It, it had been around since 2011, but really, this is when people were starting to say, "Hang on, we we need to be getting getting on board with this and starting to to, to, to think about it and pay attention to it." Um, and I really cut my teeth in, 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 that, in that environment. So I spent just under two years with Synergy with, with a great team there um, and um, prob probably would still be there. The only reason for moving on to, to, to Softcat, where I am now, was that um, Synergy's direction was very, very much more focused on, because they're absolutely brilliant at this, uh, um, process automation um very very bespoke sort of process automation and uh sharepoint that that, that sort of thing rather than where i was focused on in uh, exchange online email migration security and compliance stuff that that was kind of an after afterthought at the time um, i don't don't even know if they do a bit more of that now but at their core they were they were more focused on the sharepoint and the really niche side of sharepoint so when i got the chance to to speak to softcat um, I jumped at it and um, joined Softcat in uh, early 2016 as a technical consultant, working initially in the education team, which is now disbanded. Um, 
and, and I'm now on the public cloud team. But immediately, that that's really where I learned my trade, really, in terms of Microsoft 365, um, because I was exposed to a, 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 the massive team of consultants and architects and great professionals that Softcat have in place who have seen it all, done it all. And I had people to learn from, whereas at, at Synergy, and especially as it was very early days of 365, I was the only person there doing what I did. Um, and, and I didn't know very much. I'd only really done one migration at Oasis, um, <laughs> and that was with the support of a of, of, of an external consultant. So I, I by no means knew what I was doing. Um, so it was a baptism of fire at Synergy. And I, um, if I got into trouble, I found myself um, ringing up Microsoft or, or Google as my friend. We're softcap, great. There's somebody who's experienced pretty much every problem. So we've got, we've got a great team there. And and, that, and that's pretty much it. I'm, I've been at Softcap for coming up to five years now. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was promoted up to senior technical consultant, which is great. I got a bit more responsibility within the team, take on some of the um, the, the more challenging projects and um, more strategic sort of focus. Uh, and I also manage some of the, the the team as well, our public cloud team. We've got about 12 to 15 or so people in the, the team entirely. I manage a little sub-team of, of three. And uh, it's been great. Absolutely great. There was a point from 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 our, our, our sort of our, our initial conversations just just around this. There was a point, I think, in your career where where you were sort of saying that that you'd been sort of coasting, yes, and then and then it something happened. What was that point for you? That the, the catalyst for that was very definitely when, and this was probably in. I'm thinking sort of late 2017, late, early 2018, when I moved from the education team in Softcat, which was sort of disbanded because it wasn't quite working out the way they'd, they'd planned that experiment. And everyone in that team remained at Softcat, which was great. And I, and I got incorporated into the public cloud team. And they have a really, really great guy leading that team, the practice lead guy, a guy called Matt Steele. And he, um, he makes you think about where you are and what you're doing, what you want to achieve. And, um, and I had people like that throughout my career, but I'd never really responded to them so much. I'd always been somebody who had, um, been happy at the level I was at and didn't want to push myself too much. But Matt, Matt said to me, yeah, well, you, you've done well at Softcat. You've, you've got good relationship with your customers, good feedback Yeah, but one glaring omission in your, um, your resume, your CV, if you like, is you haven't got any certifications. And at that point, I'd, hopefully I didn't express this outwardly, but in my head I was rolling my eyes. So here we go. Somebody wants me to do exams again. Um, and as I said at the start of this conversation, it's never been something that I wanted to do. Um, but I, so I, I, I sort of, in, in my, I'll humor him. I'll, I'll say, okay, I'll give it a go. But at that point in time, in my head, I'd already failed the exam thinking i know i can't do exams i had that in my head i convinced myself i could not study for and complete exams because i'd never been able to do it before to apply myself to it um but then i i studied for um and you can't do these exams anymore there's there's two exams that office 365 mcsa um and i studied for the first one which was exam number 346 and went and sat it and to my utter shock i passed it and i passed it really well <laughs> um and I, I'm quite an emotional and nostalgic sort of sentimental sort of guy. And I walked out of the testing center and I actually, my eyes watered quite a bit. I was really emotional and really quite happy and, and chuffed that, wow, this is something I never imagined I could ever do. And that was the moment. That was when something clicked inside of me, something, a switch just flicked. And, and from there, I've been on a journey of, well, 
if I can do this exam, I can do more exams. I can get this certification. I can do that. I can get promoted. I can, I can, I can do all sorts of stuff. And I found a passion and a drive in me at that point that I never knew was there. And I just, um, I've got a very addictive personality. And once I get into something, I, I, I can't let it go. I just think and focus on it probably too much. And that's exactly what happened. I just went with it. I passed the other exam, became the MCSA. New exams came out. I started taking those and, and, and there you go. It just it rolled from there. So was that, was that a holdover from school then? Do you think? Because you said that you'd left at fifteen and sort of gone straight, straight into work. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, f- from from the minute I went to school um, at the age of four, I didn't want to be there, and I made that very, very clear to everyone who would listen. My teachers tore their hair out at me. I, I didn't get them. I didn't want to respond to the teachers. I didn't particularly relate to the other kids there. I'm, I'm, I'm by by nature, I'm an introvert, and that surprises a lot of people who know me because I never shut up. <laughs> but, um, but, but um, internally, I'm an introvert, um, so I'm a bit of a contradiction in terms, I guess. There, but but yeah, definitely. And I, I just never, never felt like I wanted to be at school, and nothing, nothing there clicked or felt right for me. I never saw why I should be doing what they wanted me to do there's a, a famous tale my, my mother used to tell everyone uh this is very early on in, in primary school where she, she went to a parents evening and the teacher said well he, he gave me the pencil and this to me made perfect sense because the teacher wanted this done and, and i didn't so why shouldn't she do it so that, that that was me that was me at school um and it was a hangover from that definitely once once i could get out of school at 15 um, I couldn't get out quick enough. It's just something about school just scarred my mind. To to this day, I have dreams, fairly recurring dreams, that I'm still at school and I'm stuck there and I can't get out. So we'll let the psychiatrist loose on that that one. But um, <laughs> but it was. Tell me important. you're wearing your clothes. Tell me you're wearing your clothes, Peter. I am absolutely wearing my clothes in the dream. Yeah, that, thank that the. That is that is not a problem. But but I. <laughs> But I do have this recurring dream where I where I'm stuck back at school, and I think oh, I can't believe I'm still here. And I've got like three months left, and I'm out. And it just happens to me all the time. So it's a relief waking up from that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight. So, uh, so in the past, uh, on the past podcast, and uh, I've been talking about kind of the five things that I think somebody can do uh, if they feel that they're coasting or they're looking to to reach that next level of their career, um, and. Um, that it that is figure out what you want. That doesn't have to be some massive five year plan. That could just be, what do I want to be doing in the next twelve months? Um, come up with a plan of of, of how to actually get there. Uh, do more than you've been doing currently to actually achieve that goal. Um, so that could be training. That could be development. That could be uh, also really anything. Just figure out what you want. Come up with a plan and then do more. Go the extra mile. Um, the fourth thing is find your community, find your tribe of people who, who are gonna, who may already be doing that, or who are gonna help you and support you and sort of get you along there and help you build your network. And then the last thing is sort of show, show what you know, show your work. You know the, so that's through blogging, vlogging, speaking on podcasts, user groups, that sort of thing. Um, which ones of those then kind of resonate for you? Because you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it appears that you were probably kind of coasting a little bit and then suddenly it's it feels to me like there was a step change in your career and it's kind of gone into overdrive from there absolutely yeah and 
and I think probably a, a couple of things that I can resonate from those things that you that you rattled off there. One would be finding that well that step change that direction of what you want to do, and and that came about really um, towards the tail end of 2019, where I'd been doing these exams and, and passing them, and um, <clears throat> and then I'd written a book about um, that was a lifelong ambition as well. That that that's probably as, as good an, as an example as any. I was approached to write a book after passing um, Microsoft certification, which was quite new at that time. Not many people had done it, and a publisher reached out to me and said, "Would you would you write this exam guide for us?" And um, long story short, I did it, and it was an amazing experience. And from there, that's where. Um, our professional services manager at Softcat, somebody, um, he's a great guy called Gareth Bowen. He's now working at Microsoft, funnily enough. But he'd, he talked to me and said, um, do you know what you're doing here, the journey you seem to be embarking on, whether it's intentional or not, um, I think you could put your mind into becoming a Microsoft MVP. And, um, and, and that was really, I guess, another starting point on a, on a journey which led to, to, to some great things, but some, but some other things on your list as well. Because I thought, yeah, well, the, the first thing I did when he said that was like, oh, who, who me? Um, <laughs> yeah, because mm, yeah. uh, I'd heard of MVPs and I and I um, some some of the great names of great people MVPs you've already had on the show, like uh, people who I've I've got to know quite well, uh, Steve Goodman, for example. I, for a very uh, consider him a very good friend now, uh, which still seems quite strange to me <laughs> because um, I'd, I'd seen he is a strange guy. He is a strange guy, Peter. That's the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It may seem strange, but he's a strange guy. Yeah. Oh, he's a lovely fella. He's a lovely fella. But uh, <laughs> but no, um, I'd looked at these MVPs and thought. God, how have they done? That's amazing what they've done, but I'll, ne- I'll never do that. You know, you the old imposter syndrome, the mind monkeys, that sort of thing, whatever you want to call it. You talk yourself out of it. But I thought, I'm going to give this a damn good go. And and I did. And it's probably um, one of the, the most determined things I've done in my life because I I, um, I looked into what you needed to do to do it. I, I, I really researched it. I spent some time thinking about it and talking to people at Microsoft who I knew um, – and one particular guy, a really good guy at Microsoft, um, who used to work at Softcat with me, called and- Andy Kemp. Really, really great, great guy and, and mentor of mine. I wouldn't be where I am without his guidance and um, and friendship. So, and and I was lucky that Andy knew a lot of really, really good people. Well, Steve, it was Andy who introduced me to Steve. Um, and and through the generosity of their time and their advice, and well yeah, this is a great journey to go on. And if you want to get in to the MVP journey, then these are the things you can do. And there's all sorts of things you could do. You don't, you don't have to particularly tick every single box. You, you can do a bit of blogging. You can, some people do a blog, some people do speaking. So there's all sorts of things you can do. Um, and, I, and I got into it and I, and I just went hell for leather with it. I just didn't put it down. Uh, you, once you're nominated, you get a form to fill in with why you want to do it and what you can contribute and all that. But, and then uh, there's a period where you've got to fill in every contribution that you make to the wider Microsoft community. Um, and, uh, and I was filling that in every day. And once you come to the end of that sort of evaluation period, if you like, it's, there's a 90 day sort of period, uh, you get to talk to the community program manager for the MVPs in the UK and have a chat with, with, with her and, and, and see where you're at and, why you want to do it and if and if you're going to move forward 
And um, she, she was quite astonished at the number of contributions I'd put in. I think I just must have gone absolutely berserk with it. But that gets back to my addictive personality. And I was finding myself on the forums, just, yeah, doing all sorts. So then how, how important would is that mindset for learning then? How important has that been to the development of your career um, so far, would you say? Um, I would say it's been massively important in the last two or three years. I don't think it's been relevant to me uh, until that step change, until that awakening that I had. But since then, it's been, I mean, to it, that's not entirely true. I think to survive this long in, in IT, you have to learn and adapt and because it's always changing and, and evolving. But more, more recently, I think ever more so, since I've had that mindset of wanting to learn, um, it's been crucial to me due, due to that ever-changing landscape of technology. And uh, you just got to look at a, f- a few recent examples of that would be Microsoft Teams as itself and, 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 and mm. the emergence of cloud in general. Um, it's not sitting still. Things are moving. Microsoft are pushing AI, artificial intelligence, like you wouldn't believe. AI is inevitable. So if at some, at some point you're going to have to learn it, at least the basics of it and understand what it's all about. So... Um, ABL always be learning is one of the things that I'm always saying these days, and I can't believe I just said that or that I would ever say that. But <laughs> but but it's so true. It it, it, it really is. Um. So then, do you? I mean, g- given that that last state comment about you know it being more important to you, sort of in in recent years, do you feel that you would have had a different career path if you had gone into this career with it with that mindset earlier very possibly yeah i do think about that sometimes um i, th- I think there's every chance that i may be further ahead than i am now perhaps i think that that occurs to me from time to time but i'm not somebody who dwells on that sort of thing i don't i don't uh, allow myself to have any re- i mean re- regret is a part of being alive but you need to keep it a small part and you can't think of what if or sliding doors or that sort of thing so i don't i don't let that bother me too much i'm just happy that i've got to where i am now and um I'm, I'm very much a sort of in the now sort of personality these days yeah okay and so how important then has has that technical community been to your your personal development um just just i would say over over, over the last four or five years Oh, massively important. That has been the biggest revelation for me, getting to know that community and the amazing people in it. It's 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 like nothing. It's it's like nothing I've ever encountered. The group of people in that wider Microsoft community that you you see all the time on Twitter and LinkedIn and uh, at the various um, free events that they do in their own time. Um, it's been amazing from the very point that I got introduced to not just MVPs but but pe- but. Um, just people who give the time and, and aren't on that journey. And um, <laughs> uh, it's just been utterly staggering to see how passionate they are about giving back in, in their own time, um, which is absolutely astonishing because most of these people are, are, are pretty sort of um, established um, consultants or architects or, 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 or something of that nature. They've got very busy jobs and uh, very involved jobs, and but uh, but they, they have the time to do this in their spare time, and they, and they relish it. Not only that, they want to lift others up, like me coming into it. Um, when, when I'm looking to get into that journey, I, I had nobody pushing back on me saying, 
uh, oh, no, we're not going to welcome you into this. Or there was no, as, as my wife would describe it, there's no bun fights. I mean, my, my wife is on various communities. She's on sort of craft communities and all sorts of things on forums. And, and she says it can all get a bit nasty at times. And, and I find none of that. There's no sort of um, underlying politics or um, anything. Just, everyone's just warm and welcoming, wants to help, wants to lift people up and mentor and coach. And that's just been the best thing that that's that's happened to me as part of this recent journey. The community is is just everything. So, so what would you say to someone? Because I, I think that the the, the 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 Microsoft community, particularly, is one of the most undervalued things that that people don't really know about that much. You know, they know it's there, but you know, I don't think they necessarily see it as a community. What would you say to someone who who didn't know much about it as to what the benefit could be to their to their personal development and their career? I would think the main thing is 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 building up a network of people, that tribe, as you mentioned it earlier earlier. They're, they're like a family. They really are. I mean, there's this there's people, I mean, I've got into this community journey in COVID times. Um, so I've not met any of these people in person. Um, I've probably walked past them at previous Ignites, <laughs> uh, which is the big Microsoft event that, mm. um, uh, uh, at the London Excel, and, and not known who they are. But but since I went on this journey, I've, I've never been to any in-person events. But I, I can think of oh, probably a good 20 or 30 people at least who I consider very, very, very strong friends now, very, very... Um, amazing people who've made a difference to me and who I know I can rely on if I if if I need something. Um, they're there for me. If if uh, um, I did an event just before Christmas, the the, the festive tech calendar, which is um, an, an event which was put on by a really great guy, an MVP called Gregor. C well, you've had Gregor on your show, haven't you, Gregor Suti? Trem tremendous you know guy. I, I tried not to, but he, <laughs> he was he was relentless. Peter, he was absolutely <laughs> relentless. You know, so I, I said, "Yeah, go on, then, mate. We'll, we'll do it." Yeah, yeah. yes, I agree. <laughs> He's a lovely, lovely guy, lovely guy. And and he, well, he was one of the early people in the community who welcomed me and talked and talked to me and said, "Yeah, yeah, you you can do this. Go do this. Do he give me such great advice." But um, he had this event on just before Christmas and uh, uh, the festive tech calendar, and and I applied to run one of the day the, the the sessions on that and he and he accepted me in and and i and i quickly needed to pull about uh 11 or so people together to contribute i had a the team's christmas calendar event where the idea was to have 12 videos three minute sessions quick tips on teams didn't have to be it could be anything it could be something just evangelizing teams or the community but something teams related from these people in in, in and 12 minutes and, and this idea it, it, it changed very late and we'd been planning it for a while but literally two or three days maybe um before we were due to do it i got this idea to it was originally just going to be me doing these the, these opening advent calendar doors if you like but then i thought it'd be great if we get other people in this so i reached out to loads of people um and they all said yes and they all did it within in their own time within a day or so over a weekend they all sent me a video um just uh, that blew my uh, blew me away that i could just go to them and and they would yeah of course i will of course i will and that's the spirit of the microsoft community that's the value of it that, that people will be there for you uh and it, and it makes you want to do the same in return if they if they come to me and say can you do this can you you just want to want to do it because it, it fosters that um that drive in you yeah 
I, I talk a lot to people about helping them, you know, build a, I, I guess, this this horrific term, a personal brand, um, and trying to help them build this sort of idea of celebrity with a small c, you know, yeah. which is, you know, just to be known for something, I think. Um, uh, how important do you think that's been to you uh, in terms of, you know, looking at your career development? And, and then how, you know, how have you really gone about that to date? Um, I would say that I'm just really, through the community, if you like, um, and some examples of people in that community, I'm still a work in progress on that because I'm becoming really uh, developing an early awareness of, 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 of how massively important that actually is. Because Microsoft 360, I mean, in the Microsoft community, you could break it down in, in many ways. You could say that there's a strong um, tribe of Azure people um, like Gregor and and uh, and Richard Hooper and, and, and loads of other names I could mention. And then there's a Microsoft 365 um, people like uh, like like Steve and um, uh, and loads of other people. <laughs> I can't think of another name. Then there's the Teams people. I mean, you've got the likes of Chris Horn, uh, Adam Deltinger, and uh, again, t t ton, tons of... Uh, of people but um it's uh and breaking it down into those smaller chunks realizing that you can break microsoft 365 down into those many many different specialties um makes you realize that you do um you do kind of even unintentionally fit into something um yourself even if you don't mean to and organically over the past couple of years i've sort of slotted into security and compliance uh most of all but w w with a strong sprinkling of teams in it as well when i was awarded the mvp award uh, my category of mvp is office apps and services there, there is no teams mvp um although some people do call themselves that if you if you're an office apps and services mvp you're kind of a teams mvp by default because you're immediately welcomed into the um the microsoft teams community actually within microsoft because and, and i have to be careful what i say here because i'm nda'd up to the hilt so i don't want to reveal anything that i shouldn't but um sounds painful sounds very painful <laughs> exactly exactly but um but yeah so i've i've been looking at and there's, there's a couple of great examples on twitter and linkedin of, uh, of two really great people who have um who have influenced me as um, specifically in in the realm of compliance, and that is um, uh, Joanne Klein, who's US based. She she is just the the absolute best at compliance. And and if you look at her website, uh, there's no mistaking that that is who she is, what she does, what what she's expert at. Um, Erica Tolley, I hope I'm saying Erica's second name right there apologies for having erica <laughs> um who incidentally congratulations has just joined microsoft but she is also massive in in the field of compliance um and and if you look at her uh, content on, on on linkedin on twitter on her website th there's no mistaking that so i don't have that yet and and this is something that i that i very much got from you as well uh will you, you you've talked to me about this and Admittedly, I'd not really thought about it that much until until quite recently. And the stuff that I do put out on LinkedIn and Twitter and the blog posts that I do, do tend to have that theme in general. I do go off on tangents sometimes. Uh, I do 
talk about very different things. But but as a rule, I'm teams, I'm security, I'm, I'm compliance, and that's where my career is going as well. So it aligns nicely as a whole package. So I think I think it is important to have that, um, and it is something I'm definitely going to be working on, and and I'm trying to get that more um, obvious, if you like, on on my on my social media pages and blogs. Mm. So then we're all at home at the moment, you know, lockdown 40 or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, uh, Where does a, you know, work life, work home balance come in for you when you're looking, when you've been looking at your, your career, have you had to sacrifice things to kind of get to where you are? Um, It's actually in some ways it's not been too difficult for me because the role that I have had at Softcat for the past coming up to five years has always been um, quite home based. I, I'm, I'm very pre COVID times, I was very rarely in an office anywhere. I would maybe get into an office two or three times a year. If I wasn't in an office, I was working from home or I was at a, at a customer. And on average, I had a really nice balance. I was maybe away from home, maybe two to three nights a week and, and, and home the, the rest of the time. And, and I quite liked that. I, I thought that was a really nice balance. But when it all came to lockdown, the, the first lockdown in March last year, it wasn't a problem for me to adapt to working from home because I was already used to that. So I was looking at some, and, and most of my technical colleagues, co- uh, consultants and architects, they were the same. They, they were, well, yeah, well, it's not, not really too much of an adjustment. I felt more for my, my colleagues in... Uh, in sales and account management because they thrive on the buzz of the office and many of, of my great colleagues in in those roles really struggle to adjust to it um it was hard when the children stopped going to school that that mm-hmm. definitely was more difficult because especially because my, i've got two sons george who's coming up to 14 oliver who's just turned 11 and oliver's got very severe autism so he uh is got a lot of extra challenges he's got extreme sensory processing disorder as well, which means he reacts to things, a certain stimulus, which sets him off uh, and, and can cause anxiety and meltdowns. And And we live in a very small house. We live in a three-bedroom semi-detached house. I don't have an office that I can retreat to. Even if I did, Oliver would just, he would barge in. He, he recognizes no sort of social boundaries like that. He would just come in. And if he wanted my attention, he would get it. So that, that's been one of the hardest things to adapt to. Um, I think when lockdown sort of stopped and then started again and stopped and started again, the big, um, the, the big thing that's hit us most as a family, again, relates to Oliver and that, uh, he, he goes to a special needs school, but he got so confused with, he, he stopped going in March. Suddenly in September, he's going back again. He doesn't have a clue what the pandemic is. He, we can't explain it to him. Um, and, Gradually, he, he started going back, but we're now at the point where he doesn't go at all. He, he now has what, what we've come to know as uh, is called school refusal. So we're in the middle of, while we're trying to do our normal day-to-day routine of me working, Louise, my wife, acting as his carer and looking after us all, and, uh, and my oldest son now at home trying to do his schoolwork with Google Classroom, boo, not Teams. <laughs> and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
My, my son does Zoom calls, and it just, I just it disgusts me. It absolutely disgusts me. Do you know what it's I mean? It's shocking, Zoom. isn't it? Um, so Nightmare. it's just, we, we've adapted really well. I'm really proud of all of us as a family, how well we've coped, considering the challenges we've had. And I am somehow managed to get everything I need to do. It staggers myself sometimes when I think um, I've got enough problems as it is do, getting my job done in these circumstances. And then when I'm finished my job in my free time, I continue doing things like this. I put myself through it again. I have to find a nice quiet place and to do podcasts like this and, and and speaking so sometimes i think why the heck do i do this to myself in these circumstances but the answer is because i love it and i get so much out of it um and we make it work so um but yeah it's been hard it's been hard and hopefully hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel hopefully vaccines will will kick in and we'll we'll get some relief and some good news but um but i do think coming out of lockdown will be harder than than going into it actually i think we'll all We'll all struggle a little bit to, to to going back out into the world when that happens. I think so, and I, I think I think from what from everything I've been reading, it, you know, we're going to still have to continue doing all of the sort of the social distancing, mask wearing, all this kind of thing. To, yeah, because it's not one hundred percent effective as a vaccine. Um, so, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So, heck of a change in what we're used to. <sighs> yeah. So look, we're we're coming to the end. Um, for somebody who's who's made such a sort of step change in terms of their career over the last four or five years, what what one or two things would you recommend to someone who felt that they were kind of coasting or in, or in a bit of a rut or and didn't quite know what to do? What advice would you give to somebody to to kind of help them out? Well, the first thing I would say is. Um, Never say never. Don't ever rule anything in or out. You might think that you're happy plodding along at, at, at a certain level or, 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 or pace, and that was me. I never thought I would be in this position. I never thought I'd be a, somebody who was this this driven. I, I, I really don't know where it's come from in me, and my wife still thinks I'm an imposter, but, um, <laughs> and the real, the real me is locked in a basement somewhere. But, um, but, but don't be afraid to try things, you know, like, like me in the exams, because uh, I was... I'd, I'd immediately failed in, in in my head when I was challenged to do that first exam. But you never know until you try. You've got nothing to lose. So, and and get involved. Find find your community. Get involved in your community, and uh, and you'll find that people will welcome you um, and, and want to help you. Most people are good people. They want to lift you up and help, and and in return, you you'll want to do the same for them. Start small and build, um, and 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 you'll find that you'll find your way, and it'll lead to other things and uh just go for it absolutely just go for it you won't you won't regret it peter it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you uh thank you so much for coming on uh coming on today and um yeah i will look forward to speaking to you again in the very near future thank you very much thank you will it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me on and talk to you again soon peter is somebody who I feel has had a real a, a sort of epiphany uh, when it comes to his career over the last few years. Um, by, his own, by his own admission, he was coasting for a fair amount of time, uh, sort of moving from job to job to job without having necessarily a plan. And I think nobody really needs a career plan. They just need to know what they want to do next um, and have some sort of idea of, of, of what to do to get there. With Peter, the bit that for me 
was where he kind of leveled up, was where he started doing more uh, with the Office 365 uh, and the cloud products. From there, it was that move into consulting type roles. And from there, uh, working with sort of SMB, smaller customers into into SoftCat, where, you know, by his own admission, he, he wasn't the brightest guy in the room every time, which is always a great place to be because you can learn from from other people. What I think is is fascinating is that Peter has absolutely stepped up to the the very rarefied heights of being a Microsoft MVP. It's a community award, yes. It doesn't add any value to you uh, in terms of sort of cash, uh, but he's achieved that after really focusing and finding that passion. And I think that that is is a perfect example of the transformative nature of actually finding something that you enjoy and just doing more with it. And that is partly why I started this podcast was to was to show and give examples to you, the dear listener, of what it is that you can achieve in a very short space of time. If you're feeling like you're coasting, if you're feeling like you're in a rut, if you're feeling like you just don't know what to do, and that's where I get a lot of the questions asked of me, thinking of those five things that we've talked about so far, Come up with what you actually want to do. Figure out a plan of how to get there. Do more to achieve it. From there, find the people who are either already doing it or who are in that community because they're going to support you. They're going to help you and you'll find opportunities that you don't normally get. Um, and then start sharing that knowledge back into the community and it will cement your place in it. Peter's recently started to move into security and compliance. And um, and I think that 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 will be something that he's going to change in terms of his own branding um, and and the work that he that he does, and I'm really excited to see where Peter goes in the next in the next few years because certainly he's come a very long way in a very short space of time in what is actually a very long career in IT, and it's exciting times. Thank you so much for listening to uh, the Careering Out of Control podcast. You can find uh, hear more about uh, Careering Out of Control at careeringoutofcontrol.com. You can subscribe there so that you don't miss any of the latest. Uh, podcasts when they're put up. We are, gosh, on every platform that I can think of. Uh, so Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, oh, I mean, tons. Have a listen, share with your friends. Um, and I really hope to, to to be speaking to you again in the near future. I, I love the feedback, by the way, if anybody wants to, to get in touch and, and, and let me know what they think, that's that's always really welcomed. Thanks very much. And I look forward to speaking to you in the next one.